Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, where we explore the science of happiness and well-being to help coaches and coaching leaders bring out the best in themselves and those they serve. If you're looking for new approaches to serve your clients or looking to create a culture of positivity and well-being in your organization, join me, Mark Mathia, on a journey of discovery and inspiration. Welcome to Essentially You, friends. I'm your host, Mark Mathia. And I've spent the better part of my career working with organizations, peoples, and teams, those who are looking to break through the barriers that are holding them back from reaching their full potential. Today, I thought it would be fun to discuss the power of coaching and how it can significantly impact your work and your organization's growth. First, let's talk about what coaching is. Coaching is more than just telling someone what to do or providing answers. Instead, I believe coaching is about asking powerful questions that allows individuals to uncover the answers themselves. Using techniques like appreciative inquiry, coaching is a collaborative process of discovery that facilitates growth and development. The underpinning of great coaching is the belief that inside every human lies the right answer for them. However, to get to those answers, you sometimes have to go on a journey of discovery, and that's why coaching is both a practice and a partnership. It's both a practice and partnership because it involves developing and applying specific skills in a collaborative setting. As a practice, coaches are required ongoing learning, and so is the talent, refinement, and adaptation in the session that meets the needs of individual clients. Meanwhile, coaching is also a partnership that emphasizes the importance of building trust, rapport, and empathy with clients. By working together, coaches and clients establish clear goals, identify obstacles, and develop strategies for achieving success. Ultimately, coaching is a powerful tool for personal and professional growth that leverages the strengths and insights of the individual talent we serve and of the coach. Now, a learning organization, I believe, is a healthy organization. It has a continuous improvement element that really helps grow the culture. Such organizations encourage associates to develop new skills, knowledge, and abilities that support them along the way. This approach fosters a sense of engagement and motivation, and they feel valued and are empowered to contribute to the organization's success. And when associates constantly learn and grow, they are more adaptable to change innovation and effective in their roles. A learning organization is therefore better equipped to respond to challenges, to seize opportunities, and to achieve its strategic objectives. Now, I'm inviting several coaching ideas to the table here. Let's take a little journey and hear from some coaches who have influenced me. I'm going to start by discussing John Maxwell's insights. John is a renowned leadership expert who has helped thousands of companies and organizations improve their leadership and grow their business over the years. As a member of the John Maxwell team, John's influence surrounded me throughout my early coaching tenure. Maxwell's insights on coaching is that it's only effective when individuals are willing to grow. In other words, organizations that are not willing to invest in their people themselves cannot expect to see growth as an organization. Coaching is a mutual investment. It requires effort, time, and resource. He is willing to invest and illustrate this belief in one of his laws. He's coined this law as he said, it's the law of the leadership lid. 
And what the law of the leadership lid says is if you as a leader are like a nine out of 10, 10 being the best, the people under you can always rise to an eight. Now, that might be good enough, but if the leader stops growing, so does everybody else. So it's incumbent upon the leadership to invest in themselves, to continue to grow and learn so that they can go to a nine and their people can go to an eight. Additionally, Maxwell emphasizes the importance of the coach's role in creating a safe environment that facilitates healthy growth. A coach must be a trusted advisor committed to the individual's success. By the way, this is why I support and am a member of the International Coaching Federation. Its code of ethics is second to none in my opinion, and I think that every legitimate coach should be a part of it. Now, let's discuss another coach, Daniel Harkavy. He's a little bit different. Daniel is the CEO of Building Champions, a renowned coaching and consulting firm that has worked with leading organizations worldwide. His firm had an indelible impact on my business career through its thought leadership, Daniel's books, and the Building Champions event where I was able to get down and meet Daniel and the team of coaches. Harkavy views coaching as a multifaceted process that includes accountability, strategy, and almost a mentoring style. Accountability is critical because it gives individuals a sense of responsibility and ownership over their action. Strategy is the next essential aspect. Harkavy contends that coaching must be strategic to be effective, and only strategic coaching can bring about meaningful and substantial change. So Daniel utilizes tools, tools like life planning, one-page business strategies, and while much of these techniques that Harvey and his team employ, in my opinion, are more consulting than coaching, he uses both very well, and in the delivery of world-class coaching really becomes effective for people and teams. Building Champions also draws attention to this mentoring style. It's another facet that can significantly impact the coaching process. A coach must have a mentor mindset, not be a mentor, but have a mentor mindset, which means we must be committed to developing a lasting relationship that facilitates growth and development. Now, just so we get clear, unlike coaching, mentoring is sharing experiences that can help others relearn and avoid mistakes. And while Offering advice is not normal part of a coaching experience. It is essential to have an outlet to be able to offer advice. Things like this podcast, ways we have a class or teach others. That could be one way to do it. Or if you're in a coaching session to take a pause, say, I have some advice. This is not coaching. Offer your advice. It could be accepted or rejected at that time. Now, finally, let's end with this one. I have to recognize Henry Cloud. His insights when discussing coaching have been really important to me. Now, he's not a coach per se. He's a clinical psychologist and a renowned author. Perhaps you've read one of his books. He does a lot on personal development and leadership, but perhaps more than anyone, Dr. Cloud's work influenced my interest in mental health, resiliency, and things like NLP, of which I'm also getting certified in. See, Cloud emphasizes the importance of timing in the coaching process. He believes that coaching is most effective when individuals are ready to change. In other words, coaching is more effect like effective when it's not forced on the individuals. I totally agree with that. Additionally, I think that Cloud highlights the importance of establishing a smart, goal-oriented process that really helps us have a clear agreement at the beginning and measure how we've done. He likes to use SMART goals, specific, measurable, obtainable, relevant, and time-bound. I think it's smart. It's a straightforward way to begin a neat coaching relationship. 
So how do we make coaching relevant for coaching inside organizations who want to grow? Well, I believe the first step is to identify barriers holding the organization back. Things like poor communication, lack of engagement, ineffective leadership, broken processes. Next, establish clear goals and objectives. How are we going to measure it? What's it going to look like? This helps create clear direction and alignment for the coaching process. Next is determining what type of coaching suits the organization because it can take many forms, one-on-one, group, team, peer, executive. Each form has its unique benefits and outcomes. And by the way, if you're a coaching leader in an organization, don't wait for the organization to invest in you. Look into coaching yourself. It's highly accessible and affordable for individuals who want to transform their careers and become a high performer. Finally, when, when establishing a coaching culture, All stakeholders must be involved in the coaching process. Coaching is not just about investing in individuals, but investing in the organization as a whole. And coaches must involve the entire team and organization to ensure everyone is on the same page. Look, I think we've discovered some fundamentals, right? And some insights into why coaching is relevant to organizations who want to grow. Coaching is an investment, and that requires effort, time, and resource. It's critical to identify barriers that are holding us back, establish clear goals and objectives, and determine the correct type of coaching for everybody involved. Remember, Coaching is not just about investing in individuals, but investing in an organization as a whole. Organizations that incorporate coaching into their culture are committed to growth and development, and this will reap significant benefits in the long run. Hey friends, I'm your host, Mark Mathia, and I encourage you to continue investing in yourself and those around you. Till next time, keep growing and keep learning. And now it's your turn to get out there and thrive in life. If you've liked what you've learned, would you consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review? I'd really appreciate it. And if you have anything you would like addressed, you can reach out to me, Mark Mathiah, at mark at markmathiah.com. And until next week, I'm cheering for you.